did it. Oh, we did it. Not only did we make it to the finale, but we made it without spoilers. Like, significant spoilers. Yeah. Because I did see something very briefly today, but also that could have just been, like, a throwaway moment. Yeah, because I feel like that particular moment has happened several times. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I was thinking to myself, I was like, did he say that line in another season? And I've just forgotten. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, so that was a spoiler that I almost saw. Mm. But I quickly, quickly diverted. So we're celebrating tonight because we've reached the end of season three of Emily in Paris and we have survived and this is I hate it let's watch it I'm Lisa and I'm John and let's pop this champagne bitches yes Let's do it. This is legit champagne. Usually Dawn gets Prosecco. Yes. But she made sure to have the authentic. A brut. From the Champagne. Yes. The Champagne region. Last time I tried to do this, it didn't go so well. Inch it out. Don't. Your mic's going to go. <laughs> okay. Don't point it out. Here, I'll point it at the wall. There we go. Here. And actually, I have better grip on this hand. Ready? Here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that was a nice pop. It was a good pop. Okay, I'm going to pour our cocktails now. Excuse me. <laughs> this is my favorite part of Emily in Paris when we get to drink champagne at the finale. Yes. That's why we still do this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right? Literally That's our... Only, literally the only reason. Cheers. Cheers to the end of Emily in Paris season, season three. three. Which we don't know if season four will be quicker or the same amount All of we know is that it's coming and so we need this drink. Yeah. Okay, so this cocktail is modern off of the Kier Royale, which was advertised heavily in which episodes? I don't remember. Five and six? Three and four. Holy shit. Okay. So the ingredients for that cocktail are very simple. It is simply creme de cassis and champagne. Creme de cassis, I don't know if you know this, but it's a black currant liqueur. Oh. That's not what this is because I could not find creme de cassis in uh-huh. my liquor stores. However, there is something called the Cure Imperial which okay. is a twist on that recipe using Chambord, oh. which is black raspberry. So that's what we have. It's champagne, black raspberry, and I also added a splash of Malibu rum. It's a nice twist. I like it a yeah. lot. I wanted to make it our own because, honestly, the cocktail itself is very simple, <laughs> basic, mm-hmm. if I may borrow a word from the Emily in Paris universe. Oh, Lord. So I, I don't know exactly what we're going to call it, but... Pac-Man Punch. <laughs> Pac-Man Punch? Because of Julian's amazing fucking shirt. Wait, when did he wear a Pac-Man shirt? You're kidding. <laughs> when was He that? was doing that pitch and you're like, oh, another stand-up outfit of his. <laughs> and and I'm like, Pac-Man? yeah, it's Pac-Man. Oh, no, I did not even see that. Oh, my God, I had to write it down because <laughs> it was so amazing. No, I was admiring the colors and just the general fit. Like, yeah, I, it wasn't, I wasn't polka looking. dots. It was a legit <laughs> Pac-Man screen. Oh, amazing. Oh. Okay. But we don't have to call it that. We can call it. I was thinking, like, Champerial because it's, like, the Champer and, like, Imperial. Beautiful. Great. Okay. Let's go with that. Let's just... Let's move on because we have a lot to talk about. Do we so want to Tarantino this bitch because I feel like our fresh I don't feelings think, are about yes, the wedding. I don't think we can really go in chronological order right <laughs> no, now. No, because the things that are at the top of my list to talk about are what we just saw versus mm-hmm. what we saw what feels like three hours ago. So Why does it listen, feel like so long it ago? Does. 
So if you specifically listen to our episodes because you don't watch the show and you you listen to get the actual synopsis, make sure you watch or at least catch up with our prior episodes. Yeah, listen, listen before you. I mean, I would assume that if you're listening to the finale, you either already know what happened to this point mm-hmm. or you don't care what happened to this point and you just want to hear what happened. Yeah, but in the we finale. are going completely backwards. So. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with the last. 10 minutes of this finale episode oh man so (laughs) we were living in friends 2.0 and i legit said to you i'm like oh my god is he gonna say emily and then you were like oh it's a yeah ross and rachel ross and rachel i'm like yeah but he's gonna say emily this time (laughs) and um yeah that that would i wish i kind of wish it did happen but that's not what happened no okay so we were thrown for a loop yeah, yeah so gabrielle and um and emily oh no gabrielle <laughs> i did it i have the brain disease gabrielle and camille decide that they're gonna get married at this engagement party that her parents are throwing for them and at the altar is when camille decides it's a really good time to bring up her issues <laughs> with with gabrielle and the outstanding situation with him and emily and it's just like why would you do this now here because there was an opportunity where Gabrielle was hey let's get married tonight everybody's here we got all this shit ready to go we might as well just get married she should have been like um can I have a word with you privately so that we can air these grievances not in front of the entire world but maybe it was her MO to air that in front of everyone so that Emily would no longer be able to kind of deny anything true but I still I'm gonna go with her whole guilty conscience bullshit she's falling back on this as obvious as as it is because everyone can see it and she says it in her little speech you know everyone knows the way you guys look at each other it's not Mm -hmm. you know but she has her own guilty conscience and i think she wants to get out without it being her fault right yeah because she never even had to bring up sophia so she can get out scot-free and then use that as like well, now I'm going to move on with her baby. Right. By the way, guys, Camille is prego. But you never fucking know. Like, why? Lego my prego. I, I, you know what? I want to say I don't think Sophia knows either. I was going to ask if that was a question that just popped into my brain because she appears in this episode having lunch with Camille and they. And threatens are... to appear way more. Too. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's basically like, I'm going to be around, bitch. So is that why you think that she doesn't know? Because maybe if she knew, she wouldn't want to interfere. Yeah, I think she. She'd just be like, okay, well, this <laughs> didn't really want the whole baby thing. <laughs> right. Like, I could break up a relationship, no problem. But right. now there's a kid involved. And yeah, that's yeah, probably it gets not... a little dodgier there. Yeah. Uh... I think most French people would agree, you know, even if they're loose with other boundaries of their relationships. I think once there are kids involved, you probably want to take a step back. And she definitely, I mean, at the lunch, you could tell she didn't know. Because their argument seemed very like. It did seem yeah. like, it did seem like whatever. Like Mindy said, a general lover's quarrel. Right. Like like whatever reasoning Camille had given her that they could not continue was not enough for her. Mm -hmm. And she was trying to convince her basically and say, like, I don't understand. Why are you doing this? Right. And you would think that if Camille had given her reasoning, the actual reasoning, then she would say, oh, okay, then I'll just see myself back to Greece. Thanks. 
Yeah, but that's not what happened. And I have to admit that that little chapel that cute. was so readily available was adorable. Very cute. I, but again, I can't imagine ever doing this to somebody. You know, calling off a wedding has to be one of the hardest decisions to make because it's so humiliating, like publicly humiliating. But man, you gotta do it before you get to the altar. But it technically was a shotgun wedding. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like that was just the engagement part. It's not like they put all this money into planning a wedding yet. They hadn't even gotten that far. Right. So it was literally just who was ever at this party was there. And yeah. that was it. The priest was there. Everybody was there. And it was just... Her parents don't know. Her parents do not know. Yeah, because I think her mom would have been a lot more aggressive about... I mean, she was already aggressive in general. But yeah, like... and you could see the whole, you know... I think that was another part for Camille that was weighing heavily on her was her mom just projecting her life onto her and feeling like, oh my God, this is all working out for us. This right. is all like going according to our plan. And right. it's like, Whoa. everything we wanted it's like oh this is not uh, your life so i real so you're right i think if she knew that a kid was going to be involved that she would really put her foot down yeah i mean she obviously can't make anything happen that isn't supposed to be happening but <sighs> wait a minute though what so when camille and her mom are talking like it's still daytime like before the the, the sit down yeah. portion of the dinner or whatever and the mom's like oh can you believe like you're the same age I was when I mm -hmm. started having a family mm. I wonder if she knew I don't think so no I mean I guess we don't we don't really know for sure but I feel like Camille's mother would have spilled the beans for us before <laughs> like long before Gabrielle yeah probably <laughs> did so he was so nonchalant about saying it though yeah and especially since they were <laughs> So after the wedding goes up in smoke, uh, Emily is sitting out on a stone wall <laughs> in the back of the chateau and Gabrielle comes over and sits down and they talk about their feelings for each other, basically. And then he's like, by the way, I didn't get back together with Camille because <laughs> what the fuck I just spilled. happened over there? <laughs> I spilled a little. So they're having a lovely chat about how much like they secretly loved each other. And then he's just like, oh, and by the way, Camille's pregnant. <laughs> it's like, um. And his facial expressions, I think, killed me too because he he. There's something about after a confrontation, or I, I guess yeah, basically a confrontation where he'll come to talk to somebody and he's so chill about it. Yeah, like the woman you just pr like you planned on marrying, all of this is now. Ha who's having your child mm -hmm. you're literally like so you had that pact huh it's like right what? <laughs> yeah yeah he has like this smirk on his face and even when he says Kimmy was pregnant there's really no it, it doesn't appear that there's any sort of emotional distress going on that he feels conflicted in any way i think way. the michelin star oh that's that's what's the problem i think here. that's the adrenaline right there i think he's thinking i still have that right now Oh, well, good like, for him. Like, no, but like I have something Glad to... Glad he can pivot so easily. Not even pivot. <laughs> another friend's reference. Um, pivot. <laughs> but it's something of his life going in the right direction. So I think it's just a matter of him saying like, well, this is blowing up, but now I could work harder at this. <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, Emily says, like, yeah, I just started working harder when my relationship fell apart, which I, I get. I mean, I think I've probably done that to some extent in the past. But like, I don't know. This is kind of big because it's not just your relationship is ending. It's like your relationship is ending with the mother of your 
unborn child. That just creates such a different dynamic because now you still have to be involved with this woman. When whether did she or not get you, pregnant? I don't know. I mean... Because he said she came back from Greece to say that she was pregnant. So it had to have been... Right. Did she find out when she was in Greece? I think so. Because she came back early from that trip to talk to him about it. And then that does kind of explain why. Oh, so she left there abruptly and then Sophia's pissed off. So she came back. Yeah. Kind of like hunt her down. And, um... Yeah. So it kind of explains why things sort of just happen in a weird order. Although it doesn't explain why she went off there in the first place because I'm still right unclear about that. But I'm upset for Alfie. Yeah. I uh... mean, two. To be fair, Alfie has sort of had blinders on (laughs) to this whole situation. He's had blinders on and then we conveniently get the whole backstory that every relationship he's been in, he's been the lesser person and the, which, like I wrote in my notes, I feel you, bro. But the one that's been like, oh, you're a great person, but he's always been the second best person. And you feel he gave this whole fucking spiel to her after she was annoyingly adamant about not meeting his parents yet when he had particular boundaries that she does not know how to (laughs) abide by for anyone lots of passive aggression going on there (laughs) but like it just i felt horrible and then for him to find out that way it was just like not only the pact but the minute kimmy was like you're both you both love each other you're both in love with each other it's like whoa 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 I so I'm struggling a little bit with this because it's not that I don't think he doesn't have a right to be upset, but I also feel like when it comes from somebody else like that in sort of a moment of accusation that it, you need a little more. You need to talk to your partner to kind of suss out what's going on, give them an opportunity to explain how they feel or don't feel or whatever. Right. I trust Camille's read on Gabrielle because that's her partner. She knows him better mm-hmm. than anybody else. Kimmy doesn't know Emily well enough to be able to say, well, she's obviously in love with Gabrielle. That could just be her own insecurities projecting onto her. Right, like when she saw them hugging. Right. It was a genuine response to hearing that news. Right, it was good news about this Michelin star business. And and yeah, it was was just like a friends celebrating kind of thing. Right, I don't think there was any, I mean, any other indication, but of course, given the past. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I think she's right, you know, I think Emily is still in love with Gabrielle and Gabrielle is still in love with Emily. And I agree that that's a correct read. I have to give them both props, though. They handled things very well this season. Surprisingly so. Yeah, which is why I'm a little bit annoyed because I do, that Alfie took her at her word because I do feel like Emily's behavior in this season has really been an effort to keep Gabrielle at an arm's length and he has also, you know, Mm. restrained himself for the most part. He had that slip up when he was really drunk. But other than that, they've been very respectful of each other's relationships and genuinely happy for for their success in those relationships. So for her to call that out and then for Alfie to just immediately believe her, I mean, I guess given his past, he probably is predisposed to believe Kimmy. But I do think that he probably should have taken Emily aside to say, like, what is going on here? And why would she say this? Is there any truth to it? Etc. So I feel bad for him. And I understand his gut reaction is just to kind of like put the walls up and run away. 
I understand that. Can't fault somebody for doing that because no. I've done it before too. Yeah, me too. I do think, I mean, again, it's hard to kind of get a handle on the timeline, but I do think it was weird for her, for Emily, to be so upset that he wasn't ready to introduce her to his family at that juncture. You know, like I don't think they've been dating long enough that it would be a given. Right. And I don't think I would want to meet my significant other's family just because it's a birthday. Like, oh, you should FaceTime me. And it's like... Yeah. I I mean, no, I, I, first of all, I hate FaceTime to begin with. (laughs) So I'm not FaceTiming you unless I know you. Yeah. (laughs) So right off the bat, yeah, I would have wanted to, but that answers our question from last episode where we're like, why wasn't she there? Yeah, it does. I mean, obviously he didn't want to bring her, which again, if I knew more, if I could kind of put more of a pinpoint on how long they've been dating I feel like I can offer more of an idea if I feel like that's appropriate or not but I do understand not wanting to introduce your significant other via technology I mean if that's your only option I guess but I'm doing the same thing with Alberto right now like he's not met my parents I've not met his parents and there was one point where we were video chatting and he was like in the same room with his dad he's like do you want to meet my dad I was like whoa Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Right, like you got, like your parents know of the other one, but the actual meeting part has not occurred, which rightfully so. I mean, it's a different, I mean, I've never been in that scenario. (laughs) No, I mean, unless you've been in a long distance relationship, it's not the same issue necessarily, but it it, it is a factor of that where it's just like you don't necessarily have the opportunity to meet your significant other's parents Mm -hmm. and with Alfie's parents being in London Emily's parents being in the U.S. that's not going to happen organically unless there's an effort made to do so and I guess they can have a conversation about that (laughs) but Mm -hmm. what Emily wants to do is just drop hints about how displeased she is that she hasn't been introduced to his family and I have we audibly were so frustrated by a problem with that approach yeah especially because she starts (sighs) rambling and whining about this in a pitch meeting with a client and it was like um what you're bringing your relationship problems into work now yeah that was uncomfortable yeah no she just she got very annoying about it she would bring it up to anyone who would listen at that point and she would just drop these little snide comments every that's what i hated the most like that passive aggressiveness about it and it was very annoying yeah exactly and to people who don't care that's the thing she should have addressed it directly with alfie when she realized it bothered her but what she did was go around and like anytime there was an opportunity in a conversation with somebody who wasn't alfie she'd just take it as an invitation to be like oh and also my boyfriend won't introduce me to his family and it's just like what are you doing and like like what are you doing like what is this if you have such a problem with it talk to the person that you're in the relationship with why are you just like throwing him under the bus at every opportunity right i want to while we're talking i just want to look up the timeline because or see if somebody has a timeline i hope somebody does i don't want to put the effort into figuring it out but i assume somebody has somewhere in the world i want to guess they've only been together like six months at collectively yeah at the most because there was like a couple months between season two and season three where they were right off the bat what season one through three timeline explained oh wonderful okay i hope it's a quick read i just want a chart i don't want right yeah i don't don't want a whole article okay september or october emily gets a job early october she arrives in paris okay can we like skip ahead yeah no i'm just i'm just looking (laughs) we're gonna be here all night no 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 it's quick i'm just they're doing keep points that's what i'm saying 
Okay. Okay. All right. So season two, Emily's birthday party. Yes. Late October. So that's a year. Okay. Then March. Okay. The following March, she starts dating Alfie. Okay. We are now in June. Oh, so. um, Three months. Three months. Yeah. All of season three, it says is in June. Oh my Lord. And so when she starts dating Alfie, is that including their separation when he moves back to London or is this when he comes back from London? Okay. It says, although there's no time card indicating a time jump, the show made a big leap forward in the middle of season two. Episode seven began with, began with Emily and Mindy complaining about their, the intense heat with the temperature at a sweltering 95 degrees Fahrenheit, but it wasn't summer just yet. Later in the episode, Madeline zoomed into Savoir, revealing she was six months pregnant. Pregnant. Since oh she God. revealed she would give birth in June, that would make the video t- chat oh. in March. Assuming that they're aware of their own timeline, because I actually don't know that they are. Right. Notably, this was also the episode when Emily started dating Alfie after I've gotten to know him over the last few months in their language class together. Okay, so, so they that- knew each other, but they didn't start dating till March. So that's after he came back. But they were they were fucking while they were in the class together. So we're not counting that. That's not the dating part. No, they didn't okay. start dating. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's kind of what I want to so say. So they were I mean, actually dating for three months. Okay. Um. So ridiculous for her to expect to be introduced yeah. to his family. <laughs> or I just want to. I just want to shout out. Uh. That was the Elite Daily. Thank you. Com. Thank you, Elite Daily, for, for doing your the work. work. We don't want to do. <laughs> But yeah, now knowing that, I mean, she's already insufferable, but now it's like... Yeah, it's even worse. Like, how can you get on somebody's case about that? Especially when you're in a long distance. And when I say long distance, I guess I mean like where he's from originally and where she's from originally. Like, their families are not in a place where it would be easy to to mix. Right. So I, that's absurd. <laughs> It's really absurd. So Alfie also hasn't told his family about her. Like at all. (laughs) Yeah, at all. But honestly, three months. Okay. Yeah. I didn't tell my parents about Alberto for three months ish. (laughs) Especially if you don't see your family that often. Like I'm saying in terms of. Yeah. That's a that's a tidbit you don't need to add until. Right. It's really serious. And I yes, I think it's pretty natural to kind of wait until there's a a level of significance to the relationship before saying something because you don't want to. I mean, maybe some people do have the relationship with their parents where every time they go on a date with somebody, they tell them about. It. But in general, if I'm going to introduce somebody to my family, I want to make sure that like... I was going to say I stopped doing that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's there's so much unsolicited advice so not even that it's just the (laughs) constant questions following like oh did you see that so-and-so or did you see that boy like that boy again boy again see that boy again it's like no i didn't thanks (laughs) no it was one date um it totally sucked and so (laughs) yeah i guess i'm with alfie on that where it's like until i know something significant's gonna come out of this i'm not really gonna bring up any details or Right. And she views this as a lack of trust, which was wild to me. Yeah, that was a weird way to put it. Yeah. And it's especially uncomfortable knowing now, well, not knowing now, but now that Alfie kind of knows more about her relationship with Gabrielle, it's just like, he was right, maybe necessarily. Like, she, she's begging him to trust her enough to introduce and then this him to happens, her family. And yeah. then this happens. And so now what is she going to say to him? Like, well, I guess... It's good that we didn't take this any further. <laughs> right. Ugh. 
But we can... All right, we're still going to go... We're still going to backtrack a little here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of work... Oh, God. They get a client... I forget the name of the client. Which one? The Ascot one or the first episode? The first one. Oh, okay. And because I'm just kind of working off of the whole romance stuff of it all. You do what you need to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, only... I only bring it up because... So they have this client where they want to do a live proposal, a genuine live proposal in a very nice area to help promote whatever this whatever this i don't is. even know what I the product I is i did not even know <laughs> it's got hearts and a balloon right it's like ace something yeah i don't know so emily is at the restaurant with alfie and they're kind of just chilling at the bar she's telling him about this and she's like oh i gotta vet this we gotta find a couple. we gotta find a couple that it's gonna be genuine and get them a location and all this stuff and that's when he's like well i know something you don't know <laughs> i can solve a problem for you and another really quick thing Gabrielle basically goes to Antoine is like, I want more money. I want to, you know, like he he just wants more for the restaurant, more for his like well-being. And um, I found it very funny when Antoine gets all up in him about how much a new pastry chef's going to cost. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said, um, okay, McLaren. <laughs> right. Because Trade that was that. that right. Like that you easily didn't care about how yeah. much it was. So... That's how Alfie knew about the proposal because Gabrielle filled him in on the whole thing. Yeah. So now he calls Gabrielle over and he's like, oh, (laughs) there's a situation for you. This might work for you. And it turns out being this like day project where Emily and Gabrielle go to very romantic spots throughout Paris to find one. Where he can propose. Right. In a live stream. Yeah, right. A which live is stream even proposal. more, but like he'd be getting money towards it. And it's like, yeah. it was a, it, that's basically why they wanted to pick them too. Like he, he'd get money fr- from it and it would help him out and all that stuff. So when Emily comes back to pitch the couple, we get a look of compassion from Sylvie that you mm. and I both almost started crying. I, because ugh. as much as she... I mean, Sylvie's going through her own shit right now, but she's always got that, like, snide eye towards Emily and hates her assertiveness and her Yeah, she loves to shit on Emily for everything. Everything. Emily bringing Gabrielle and Camille as the couple in the way she even announced it. You saw that her eyes kind of tear up, but she was still talking very cheery, like, oh my god, this is gonna happen, like, I'm so happy for them. And just the look on Sylvie's face of like, oh, you're heartbroken. That was crazy to see. Yeah, it was this moment of recognition in Sylvie of, oh, I can see right through you. This is obviously hard for you. And I'm aware of all of the inner workings of these relationships and why this is just going to be a very uncomfortable thing for you to deal with. It was hard to look at. I had to look Mm -hmm. away after a second because I I just felt like I was going to (laughs) cry. Yeah, it was a very unexpected reaction yeah and she doesn't say a word she doesn't no, call it out she but it's even, all in yeah, her facial she doesn't expression. even pull emily aside to say like are you sure you're okay with this it's all it you're right it's all in the expression it's all in her face which makes her like we say, say over and over it's the best actress yeah and at the same time sylvie is stressed out too because poor julian is getting the shit under the stick 
Yes. Because Emily not only always wins, which we have been saying this whole season that she just, like past seasons, can easily get out of a bind or has an idea that is iffy, but then ends up being so profitable and all this bullshit. Mm -hmm. And she keeps overtaking Julian's pitches. Right. Just, and like unintentionally, I don't want to say unintentionally. Right, like she doesn't realize that she's doing she it. She thinks but, she's helping. Yes, but that's the problem because she's been doing this from day fucking one mm-hmm. and still has not learned this lesson. Despite I feel like being confronted before with it, maybe not by Sylvie, but by Julian himself. I think, but she just steps on everybody's pitches all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, the annoying thing is that the clients always seem to love it. Nobody ever says like. Can you shut up for a second? I was listening to him speak. And that's the worst <laughs> yes, part. That is in, the worst part. In both pitches and both clients we dealt with. Yeah. These two episodes, they both just kept looking at it. Like the minute right. Emily spoke, they were like, that's a great idea. I want to keep hearing from her. And it's like, uh-uh. Yeah. Shh. Shut it down. And it's just, it's frustrating. And Julian, rightfully so. And this is the first time we've ever seen a lot of pushback. We've seen pushback from Julian. Yeah, they were setting it up in the last episode. They were setting it up, but not even the pushback, but even just, even with Luke, getting him more involved and having him have a this extra part in this, not just this little yeah. executive that's like, yeah, like he Sylvie's pops in lap and out. dog yeah. kind of thing. So, you felt horrible and they have a lunch. Julian was like bitching to Sylvie. Like, why? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And you even said <laughs> she hears him out, mm-hmm. which is something we're not used to. Yeah. And, it's um, weird to see supportive bosses oh, being represented. Oh, it's something I don't think I could, I've seen in over 14 years. Right. I um, mean, it just it supports the theory that it's only ever fictional. A <laughs> thousand percent. <laughs> But yeah, she she says she'll she'll say something and she tries. We see her try mm-hmm. to pull Emily aside. And that's when the client's like, no, I want to hear her shit. Right. And I felt I re- I felt for him. And then we do see a scene where he's responding to an email. A, a mysterious inquiry. And my bets were on it was either for JVMA or. Yeah. Actually, no, that's who I thought it was for. Yeah, that's what you thought. And I thought it was for Gilbert Group. I mean, that makes less sense. It would only bring Madeline back into the picture, which we don't want or need. Unless he knows something we don't know. But not bringing Madeline back. Yeah. Kim this, Cattrall. <laughs> this could be Kim Cattrall now because we kept trying to figure out where that was thrown into. Yeah, and I guess it never really panned out unless she's going to be in future seasons for some reason. But you would think they would tease her in the finale. I still don't understand why she was incorporated at all. But I don't know. I, let's not think too much about it. Maybe no. it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, so that was definitely set up for us. And I like that we're getting set ups from other characters and we just don't have to worry about like, oh, the cliffhanger is just about me being pregnant. Like, no, now we have a cliffhanger dealing with with Julian. Right. And we have a cliffhanger dealing with Sylvie and Laurent mm-hmm. because Laurent, oh, do you want to take this one? <laughs> do I want to take this one? I mean, I was I was frustrated initially because in the last episodes we saw Sylvie and Laurent sort of reconcile and reconsider their separation and then when we pick up with them in the, these last two episodes they're still together enjoying their time you know as a married couple <laughs> again right. and then he has to go back to Saint-Tropez because that's where his club is and Sylvie is sort of saying well I was hoping you would come to the opera with me tomorrow night and Laurent was like well you know that that's the beauty of this relationship right 
right? Like, you can do what you want. I can do what I want. And we're still married. And, you know, Sylvie was obviously not super pleased with that, but understood. And then she was acting really weird and squirrely about this opera. Luke was all excited to go with her. Oh, that her. made me so sad. <laughs> I know. Well, I knew he wasn't going to get to go right, with Right. Like, they, they set it up that way. <laughs> yeah. So she shows up to the opera with these tickets and is, like, prepared to go by herself, which I thought was kind of cute because you could tell she was just trying to put on a brave face and be like, well, fine. Like, I'm just going to go do this thing by myself and have a good time and it's fine. And it was oh, not and we, fine. <laughs> we get introduced to Sylvie's mother. Oh, right. Yeah, that phone call was That annoying. was a weird... That was a weird... Yeah, because especially since we've never met Sylvie's mother before. No, for so her for to her pop to call, up Yeah, and be like, oh, remember context. what today is? It's yeah. Like, wow. I mean, I guess her intentions were good. She was just trying to make sure, like, she was doing okay on the anniversary of their wedding. But she does make some snide comments to indicate that she's not, I don't know, she's not Laurent's biggest fan, let's say. Right. So when Sylvie goes to the opera by herself, Laurent just shows up very conveniently while she's at the will call desk being like, here's my ticket. That Please like, take it. Please yeah, donate it I to somebody else. I don't have any. I, my plus one can't make it. He's I like, it I'm very- right here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel- I found it funny, though, because she didn't even say, like, can I get my money back or whatever. Like, well, she said it was, like, a donor. Like, I think it was, um, like, maybe they donated money to the fund or something. Right. Because it sounded like it was a comped ticket. But even for whoever gave her the ticket to get refunded, she was like, you just donate it to somebody else. And they're like, it's too late to give it to somebody else. And it's like, go out on then the again, street. Right. I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> this is like New York at a Broadway show. Like, right. Yeah. Ask them something. Right. Just go outside. Say who wants to go see a show. Or, you know, call Luke up. Poor Luke. <laughs> I really know. Wanted to He's got to have something. I mean, his day-to-day suits are fancy enough. Oh my goodness. Poor but Luke. yeah, LaRon just shows up and that was very... um adorable and I felt amazing for her at that moment. I I did too because I was really starting to feel sad that Sylvie had fallen back into this relationship that was obviously not working for her because she seemed to be more invested or at least remembering the significance of their relationship more than him and he says when he's at the opera he says well I did forget about our anniversary but I remembered as soon as I got on the plane implying that either he got off or he came right back or whatever Mm -hmm. because initially when her she had that phone call with her mom and we found out that it was their anniversary I was like oh that makes a lot more sense why Sylvie is putting so much pressure on this opera to be like a big night Um, and then I was really pissed at Laurent for blowing her off on Mm -hmm. such a special occasion because that felt really callous but he does show up for her which is like who does that (laughs) who does that anymore (laughs) we have three kind of cliffhangers that dare i say i'm intrigued and kind of want to know oh dear i want to know more about julian where julian's going yeah or and they're leading us to believe is he's going to go or contemplating going you know what else i was thinking about really quickly um do you remember when he kind of had that um little flirtation with the the personal assistant for that (gasps) designer they were working with or something and he was like oh you should." oh wait no it was a photographer no i don't remember regardless i do remember yes yes i I think it was a photographer you're right but yeah i i was always i was wondering if that was going to come back and when we're when i was just trying to think of who we could pull from other places that made me think of that so but i did 
love his his whole like people are looking for me like there's right like I could go somewhere else I don't have to stay here and again I said to you I was like where do you have a boss like this who's like I want you to be happy here I'm trying to support you I will discuss it I will handle it a boss who's actually going to proactively try to keep you right (laughs) who's that (laughs) not the minute you say something like that and they already have ads out on Craigslist right Right, like, all right, right, fine, bye. (laughs) See Um, you later. But um, (laughs) don't put me as a reference. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Sorry, I took that personally. Um, But yeah, so those are my my three takeaways for those. I do want to get into the Mindy of this all. Oh, no, the Um, Mindy. Because at first, at first I was pissed. Okay. I was so pissed because, all right, we know from the last episode, Emily and Sylvie, they basically made a whole to-do about Pia Cado. Right. And really embarrassed Nicola and his family, right? Mm-hmm. So it made it uncomfortable for Mindy. And at first, I was very quick to be like, this isn't about you. It embarrassed you? Like, <laughs> no. I mean, you really didn't know what the fuck was going on. So how did it embarrass you? But this is when I got pissed off. Emily tries to apologize. Mm-hmm. Because Mindy, it was her last show at the jazz club. Right. Because they're turning to an all-nude um, performance. Like, yeah, schedule, like which a, is yeah. weird for weird. a jazz club, I feel, but okay. But that owner seemed like it's right up his alley. Sure. So then Nicola's like, oh, I'm going to have like a, you know, farewell type party thingy for her. So they go and um, Emily genuinely tries to apologize. Right. And he is a douche. Like yes. a very big douche about douche and mindy comes up and is like oh how's everybody you know is everybody making up playing nice and he comes out and says emily has to go yeah emily was just telling me she, she has, has to, to leave, leave. Such and a i was move. like what a fucking i was so pissed such a dick move and this is one of those things where okay we may hate emily and whatever but lily collins is a good actress mm-hmm and she, you saw that, like, taken aback. Yeah. I don't know what to say right now, so I'm right. coming up with things. Which was bad, by the way. Like, her, Oh, it was bad. Her lie was bad. It was bad. And then. <laughs> she could have just said there's some kind of emergency. <laughs> like, right. Like a medical emergency or whatever. Also, she kind of blamed it on. She did. Well, she said Alfie, Alfie. has a business center, but it's the, the restaurant, restaurant account. So, so I have, I have to, be, to there be there, too. And it's just like, don't, like, don't, I mean. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It would be reasonable that she would leave for a work thing because she's, you know, known for and leaving that's for what work Mindy things. she gets yeah. pissed and she's right. like, "Oh, work always comes first. Yeah, and work is like, important." Ooh. So I then I was like, "Oh, but that's not really what it is." And yeah. like I was so mad. So then um, Emily fills Alfie in on that because he was getting her rosé at the time. Yes, he comes back with her drink. She's right, like, "She's we like, we gotta to go." go. <laughs> And they're at the restaurant. They then end up going to the restaurant. And um, Mindy's sitting there. Another night. Another, yeah, We're different night, again. sorry. And there was there something in between that, though? I don't think so, between Mindy and Emily. Oh, the lunch. Yeah, oh, yeah, but that's... That's not really... I mean, they get interrupted by the committee thing. Right, but I think this is where I was a little triggered because Emily goes to her... No, this is after that, so they haven't... Right. To us, we don't say that they've spoken since that weird awkwardness of him being a douche. And they're at lunch and Emily's like, oh, man, I have to schedule, like, Right, the only time I get you. to see you is when we schedule And I was like, ooh, I don't like this, I don't like this. Yeah. And she's like, oh, he's got me booked all... And I'm like, oh, I hate this, like, 
why is this fucking happening? But they seemed cool, right? Right. And I was yeah. like, did they not talk at all? about that night like how she abruptly was gonna leave and like look like she was gonna cry at the same time like <laughs> yeah, nobody I was mean, thinking about yeah, this yeah Mindy didn't quite pick up on the distress in that moment which I think again given Lily Collins her acting was good enough that I think you could really tell that something was wrong mm-hmm. so you would think that would sort of trigger with Mindy and they lived together so even that night ding, when you ding, got ding. home you could be like hey so like you were kind of weird at my party is everything okay although i do think mindy is staying with nicola quite, yeah quite a bit so maybe they didn't see each other but it was just like the lunch seems so cash given yeah well i think they were trying to pretend everything over was okay. okay that's fine yeah so now it's another night and they're at the restaurant and this is when luke gets to do his oh little plan with his ex-girlfriend luke executing any sort of oh he's plan. so adorable but it's so chaotic we'll get to that and mindy gets up not mindy uh emily gets up to talk to him and alfie basically fills mindy in and is like listen yeah, she didn't we want me to tell you this. Right, but, but... we weren't going to leave. He yeah. told her to fucking get out of here. Yeah. And that's when I immediately backed down and I was like, because Mindy right away was like, oh, fuck no. Right, yeah. So just when I thought she was all like, just about that dick, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The friendship came first. Mm-hmm. Which we didn't really get that vibe until that moment that like, okay, it's her friend. And then she does fight with him. She goes back to the apartment and she's like, okay, but Emily's my family. Like, mm-hmm. we, I do everything for you. Right. I just need you to meet me halfway. I need you like, just help me the fuck out. It, it's one little thing. She's trying. Can you fucking try? Yeah. But then she got horny after that and I, I don't see. Well, she kissed him and then she left. I just, I feel like I was. I'm glad she him. left because yes. I would have been. Right. Yeah, because I agree. I felt like a kiss in that moment. I would not have wanted to kiss him. And no, I would have wanted to make a point and fucking stomped out of that place. I agree because I feel like you're generally right that she seemed to sort of by default be taking Nicola's side in things. I think she's trying not to choose. And by doing that, you do choose somebody's side. We're going to go back to that whole choice lesson of Mm. a few episodes ago. But it was a difficult situation. It was. And I don't think either of them, and by that I mean Nicola and Emily, were talking to Mindy about each about the situation right. or their sides ever. Yeah. So it was a matter of, okay, you publicly did this. Emily wanted to apologize. It looks like, you know, either she didn't try or didn't do a good job. So now Nicola is acting like he's the good guy out of the whole situation. It just, it was weird. So I think Mindy didn't have the whole, all the information. Right. And that's why I find it hard to place blame on Mindy. Like, I think you you, you were really angry with her early on. And I just think it's hard to judge her because this is such a difficult position. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote it down. I got pissed. I wrote it. And, and then I waited to for it to... Yeah, to resolve. To resolve. Because and it always does. Like, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, okay. All right, she then. She is defending Emily. We're okay. But if we want to place blame on anyone, it has to be Emily. Because she forced this professional relationship between oh, her and Oh, I mean, if Nicola. we're going to go back. Yeah. Yes. Because honestly, because I kept thinking about that. Because I was like, poor Mindy. She's in this situation. Like, she has her boyfriend. She has her friend. And, you know, she doesn't want to mistreat either of them. It's very hard. But then I'm thinking, Emily literally forced herself on Nicola. Every mm-hmm. opportunity she got, she was down his throat with some kind of pitch. And it was like, if she had just stayed out of it, 
if she just stopped talking about work for five fucking minutes, none of this would have happened. So honestly, Mindy should be a little bit upset with Emily because even though Emily is carrying herself with much better decorum than Nicola at this point, she started this whole fucking bullshit for no reason since they're not even really working together anymore. All she did was make an enemy out of him. And it's like, thank you so much for this drama we didn't need. Going back to Luke, though, because we did just briefly mention him, and now I want to more extensively mention him. So Luke takes on this personal task of helping Gabrielle's restaurant get a Michelin star, because after the last episode where Gabrielle and Emily have this decadent meal at this Michelin star restaurant, he is suddenly like, I need to achieve all of my life goals immediately. And these life goals include having a restaurant that has a Michelin star and I guess getting married and having children because there's a very creepy scene of him playing with a child that is not his in a random park. The best part of that is you immediately are like, oh my god, I love him in all black. And then he turns turns around we see his face and i'm like and his hair is back to that horrible yeah slicked emo look too long it's too long and if you're gonna whatever i'm not even gonna get into it but he's wearing all he looks like the man in black from westworld (laughs) and he's in this part like you said with all these kids wearing color and white and he's just in all black and i found it very odd and i didn't understand if there was supposed to be some type of like symbolism there. i don't know but he looks menacing but like then he's but like you said like he's girl. playing with these kids and yeah, nobody seems to care i don't know yeah <laughs> it's very strange but regardless on his journey to become a michelin rated restaurant luke mentions that he used to date somebody who was a michelin reviewer or whatever and they broke up because he told too many people that she was a michelin reviewer because we know we know luke can't keep a secret no he's very open very honest he has no idea what is appropriate or inappropriate to reveal at any given time right so he takes it upon himself to reach out to this ex-girlfriend to bring her to Gabrielle's restaurant to try to get that ball rolling. And to his credit, I mean, he is a little bit weird. He keeps telling people that she works for the phone company because that's her cover he, story. Uh, but, right. Like he, but he needs to say yeah, it's, something. It's unsolicited every time he says it. Like the waiter comes over and is like, do you know what you want? And he's like, well, she's uh works for the phone company, so she doesn't care what she eats. And it's just like, oh, Luke, take it easy, man. You got to you gotta calm down, rein it in. Right. And he may have jumped the gun because. Yes. It's not official yet. <laughs> A, it's not official yet, and B, because of this revamping of the restaurant, the restaurant is named after Gabrielle's grandmother, Gigi, Gigi, who comes to cook. Right. And she loves Emily and hates Kimmy. Yeah, which... And makes it blatantly obvious, which... Yeah. Also, Emily just starts spewing French as if she's been there oh my God. her whole life. Her French, I mean, her pronunciation still needs some work. But No, but she let it flow. She's never spoken to anybody in French. Like, we don't see her she talk to people in French. She said full sentences without ever. hesitation. Yeah. yeah, it was wild. And even Gabrielle was like, what? And what she was fuck? like, I've been learning. And it's like, 
No, you have not. We haven't seen you in a French class. Yeah, you have not <laughs> been in a French class time. since episode one. And again, she doesn't speak French to anybody else. And I know that that's part of, I guess, the way the show is. We see French people talking to each other in French and we see English people talking to each other in English. But it would be nice maybe to see her interact with people more in French so that we kind of know that she is building that skill set because it's so random when she comes out with it. If she occasionally spoke to clients in French, that would be I would love would, to see that. It would make it a little easier. In it would her, just yes, it yeah. would make more sense than when she has these moments where she just comes out and speaks in full sentences in French to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, she has been improving. She has been learning. But no, all we do is see her speak in English. So I would have even been impressed and and it would unfortunately be to um, Alfie's dismay. But I mean, he knows some French, but if she like used it kind of like for him not to hear. So like she's like <laughs> oh. saying shit in French behind his back, but like he doesn't know it's about oh, him wow. kind of thing. That's um... It would just be impressive to be like, oh, you know how to do that under the radar kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> Even just to hear her interact with other French people, like service, pe- you know, waiters, waitresses taxi driver like other people to hear her like speak but she never does i um rewatched episodes one and two of season one and when <laughs> for personal I mean, reasons for personal reasons <laughs> and um you know when she's going around town trying to get acquainted with just you know society and she goes to the bakery right and the woman behind the counter keeps trying to correct her mm-hmm. and she's not having it she's not picking up on it so for her to go from that, and now again, knowing the timeline, it's what, a year and a half? Yeah. And all of a sudden, she's decently fluent. Right. Okay. Which she doesn't speak, because I think that's part of it. Like, language is very much you a- You need to keep speaking. Use it or lose it kind of thing. And so I think if we saw her incorporating more French into her everyday life, I even think that would just help us accept her more as part of this community, because she still sticks out like a fucking sore thumb. And if it seemed like she was really making an effort to assimilate, they should be reflecting that in her attempting to speak the language. Yes, definitely. So Luke does get his friend- well, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, whatever she is, to taste the food. And it does seem like she liked it the first night, but then the second night when it was just his grandmother and not Gabrielle, she liked the food even more. So, like, what, do we need to keep Gigi on the payroll in order for him to maintain for And you made a very good point. You're like, oh, no, she's going to think it's Gigi and Gigi's going to get the star and not Gabrielle. And it's like, oh, fuck. Right. And Luke does call call Emily very excitedly to tell her that, you know, and say, things do are not say good. anything. Right. Like, Which then she immediately, I mean, well, he well, no, he told her to get him, but to then tell Gabrielle, but then Gabrielle goes and immediately tells Camille and her parents. And so obviously I can't imagine that Camille's father can keep his mouth shut about anything. So we must feel like this is now a celebration for the, the restaurant. As Talk well about as Tarantinoing it because now we're going back. We are. We are all over the place. All over the place. But now we're back to where we started. And I have to say, I get what Camille. I get it. But also, did she not put two and two together that his excitement for that meant, like, when she saw Emily and him together, and he mm-hmm. was kissing, and he kissed her hand, and they were hugging. Yeah. And then he comes running with that news. Right. Did you not put two and two together that she gave him that news? It had nothing to do about romance. Like, I don't know. It just, she jumped the gun. And then what, are we going to blame pregnancy hormones? Probably. Probably. I mean, I don't understand how she got from, because then, you know, after Gabrielle finds out that news, 
he immediately runs and tells her and then says, we should get married. And if she were having any doubts, again, I feel like that's the time where you say, hey, can we just take a breather and talk about this? It just sucks that he did it right in front of her parents. I guess, but... I mean, still, I think it would have been fine if she had said, like, Mom, Dad, can you give us a second? I just mm. want to talk about some things. I don't know. I just feel like public humiliation is just never never the answer. But that's that's what we get. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about, um, really quick, I don't know if this is going to help or hinder your thought process. Okay. When Nicola decides... Oh! Uh, uh, oh! Oh, right. We haven't talked about Benoit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> really quickly. So Mindy's waiting for Nicola to go to the engagement party. We think he's going to be like, fuck you and not go. Because he said he had his family thing, whatever. There's a knock at the door. It's Benoit. He comes in and he says, so do you want to know why I didn't want you to, I didn't want to sell the song because I submitted it to get on Eurovision, which again is a very big deal over there. And we got selected, you know, to perform a song. And they had that like, you know, nose to nose, almost kiss moment. Right. Because they hugged and then they pulled back and they were like, they were immediately horny. And yeah. yeah, And then uh, Nicola texts and is like, oh, or calls. Mm-hmm. So now we're at the engagement party and they come in <laughs> by helicopter. And I'm not talking, oh, in the field, miles, miles down. Um, literally right next to the dinner. 20 feet from the dinner table. <laughs> Everybody's cowering because the... Everything's the, flying around. Yeah. <laughs> the wind from the chopper blades is just Holy overwhelming. Shit. And they get out and Mindy changed. Yeah, because she was wearing this strappy, satiny, purpley thing when she was waiting for Nicola to pick her up. And I was and then when she gets out of the chopper, it's like a red strappy thing. And I was like, wait, she that was her laying around outfit? Her like right, her just waiting casual. to be picked up outfit? What the fuck? But I found it interesting that she chose red because I don't know if you've ever heard of this, that wearing red to a wedding is like against the bride or whatever. Have you ever heard I've that? never heard that no yeah it, it's bad luck towards the bride if you wear red to their wedding well like she's gonna get hit by a car or something no or just like... in terms of i guess the relief i don't know but i i just heard that if a woman wears red to a wedding they are opposed to the bride in some type of way but um no i've never heard that. unintentionally though i like... thought that red was a lucky color in chinese yeah but i don't think in american weddings it is that's not an american wedding French wedding. You're right. You're right. And Mindy's Chinese. So maybe she thought she was doing them a favor (laughs) wearing red. There's too many Americans though involved. So, (laughs) but anyway, I just thought it, I I found it funny that she went from purple to red though. I found it funny she went from one outfit to another. I I don't know. And she the hairdo too. She went all out. What she was doing, if they, if she thought they were going to be late and she was waiting for him to pick her up, she must have been ready, like dressed and ready to go to this thing. Right. So the fact that she changed and did her hair differently, it's like, what, what are you doing? I don't know. The show is stupid. Wow, do, do we have anything else to cover? Okay, okay. Let me let me think. Hold on. Okay, so first episode. <laughs> no, I guess that's all. It was intense on all on for all. season three. I mean, this again. I said it before this season. It's just 
breakneck speed. Things are happening and unhappening and And knowing now the timeline, it's like so much is happening. It's like, what the hell is going on? Well, I even said like when these two episodes, we well, not even the two, just the last one. Yeah. It was just chaos. Like everything was hitting us at once. Yeah, there was a lot going on. And I think that's what was probably meant like when we saw that Lily Collins was saying that there were oh, several yeah. different endings or whatever and they all decided to incorporate them all somehow. Hmm. Maybe, uh, yeah, I guess maybe they filmed an ending where Gabrielle and Camille actually got married. Oh, that was the thing I wanted to talk about because we didn't really. Emily does confront Camille about Sophia. Yeah, and I didn't like Camille's reaction to that. No, because she just basically threw the Gabrielle and Emily thing back at Emily and was like, well, it was just a fling. You know what that's like, right? Since you had one with my fiance. And it's just like, oh. Okay, but. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I'm not about to marry this man without telling him anything. So she doesn't think that she needs to disclose that affair. And she's making it sound like it didn't mean anything and i don't think that's necessarily no considering emily catches her on the phone with sophia right right that's how that conversation gets started so and i i'll be honest i think emily approached it in a decent way. that's how she should do it like i think i had said that at some point like like, listen i saw it it happened whatever like just the way i would have handled that situation is in that way i would have gone to camille i would not have said to gabrielle which she doesn't which is great but i would have gone to camille and said like hey i saw this happen so like what the fuck are you gonna do about it you can't marry this person when you've done this and you haven't said anything so and honestly i think camille probably should if not just for the fact that it seems like so Sophia is not going quietly into the night. She's not going to be just pushed to the side. You know, it sounds like she's going to try to fight for what she thinks is what she wants. Mm-hmm. And that's going to just only cause problems. And Kimi might as well just own up to it with Gabrielle sooner rather than later because she doesn't sound like she's just going to disappear. Very true. I just want to see if I could pull. Oh, oh, shit. Eight hours ago on E! News, it says, did you catch this Emily in Paris editing error? Oh, great. It's a about as messy as Emily Cooper's love life. Love it. Hold on. I probably didn't notice because I third never season of, okay. really noticed the finer details. Check out the error that made it into the final cut. During the third episode, as a wistful Emily walks around Madeline's hotel room after being told that the Chicago parent company is closing the Parisian office, two separate Eiffel Towers appear out of different windows. <laughs> awkward the goof was noticed by an eagle-eyed viewer on tiktok who wrote paris as a city is a so big fan of emily they decided to make one more eiffel tower just next to an, the old one. Oh, that's pretty funny yeah and, and again like something i just would not notice because i'm only like halfway paying attention at any moment <laughs> Yeah, that I wouldn't have picked up on. That's something that comes from like multiple rewatches, which I'm just not in the in the business of doing for this show. So I was going to start speculating for season four. So okay. do we think Camille is going to keep the baby oh. now that they've broken up? Because, I mean, we only know this through Gabrielle. And so maybe Camille is thinking, like, I don't want any of this. Like, not only do I not want to be with Gabrielle, but I also don't want his child. (sighs) I don't like how messy it becomes if she does keep the baby. Or, like, if something doesn't happen to it. You know, like, like, I just, I hate that on its face. Um, And I feel like it's 
oh, it's almost like too much for a sitcom to try to tackle because now it just becomes this comedy of errors with me being pregnant, Gabrielle have to, having to tend to her, Emily kind of being on the sidelines trying to figure out how she can be supportive. And it's just like, oh my God, can we not? His re Gabrielle's react like again, like I said about how oh she's like how he nonchalantly was like, Oh, she's pregnant. And it's like I don't see her keeping it. Right. Like it just a child doesn't really Or got like I, I don't like saying stuff like that, but it miscarriage. It, yeah, yeah, like it just it does it's not long enough. Or false positive even. Maybe it's yes. not even confirmed yet by a doctor. I think yeah. I, I like I feel like babies and yeah, I mean, despite my personal feelings, babies always ruin TV shows and sitcoms yes. because it introduces an element of reality that really doesn't translate well to the screen. So unless Kimmy is just pregnant for all of season four and like we don't actually have to deal with. But even then, I don't know. It's fucking weird. So Inu's posted a couple of questions for season four. Okay. I'm not going to write what they write as their guesses, but we can kind of okay. just put... Okay, we can speculate on our own. Will Alfie return in season four? Yes. People love him too much. There's no way. Oh, yeah. I don't know to. in what context. Like, I don't know that he well, and he Emily... Well, he still works for... Right. He yeah. still works for Antoine, but, like, I don't know if he and Emily will, will reconcile or not. I think that could probably go either way, but I think it would be hard to keep him in the show if they didn't. The actor who plays Alfie, whose name that's not... La Vienne Visconti or something. It's, like, a very French... Okay. Yes, Lucien. Oh, there we go. Lucien. It would be great to come back, but honestly, I think I've really had an incredible two seasons on the show. It's been really special, so we don't know. Will Camille and Emily stay friends? Hmm. Yes. I just think Emily is incapable of allowing people to not like her, and I do think that Camille is still holding some resentment, and and I I think Emily is going to feel compelled to mend that fence, regardless of whether or not it makes sense to I think yes, but because Camille's going to need Emily for something. Like what? Well, Champagne for one. <laughs> but besides that, I think in terms of anything dealing with Gabrielle, like we can. What, she's going to be like a go-between? Not a go-between, but like she made this decision or whatever. But say Emily and Gabrielle don't act on anything. Like they just continue staying friends like they did yeah. this whole season. Right. Which I think they will do. But... And it comes down to needing somebody to talk to about, I don't know, anything and every... Like, I just feel like she doesn't have many close fucking friends. Yeah. And um, this would be the only person that she could probably deal with, so... I think it does put them on, like, a level... Not level, but, like, helps them maybe understand each other a little bit better now that they've both sort of been involved in some kind of infidelity. <laughs> So maybe, I don't know, maybe that sort of makes them more able to be friends because right. Camille no longer has that pedestal that she can stand on and say, you did a bad thing. Like, right. You did a bad thing too now. So how will Julian move forward professionally? I think he'll leave, honestly, because I think the I think that would be more interesting for the plot mm -hmm. where he goes. I'm not sure, but I do think he will leave. So... The actor, Samuel Arnold, says, I'd really like for my character to just win professionally and to set an example that a young man like him in an industry like that can go really far and touch the stars. I'm pretty sure that there are some people that view themselves when they see Julian and I'd love to see him win. Agreed. 
Uh, I would. I'd like that too. Yeah, I think ultimately he would come back, but on his terms. But on his terms, yeah. And and there would have to be. We would have to start seeing some more consideration on Emily's behalf. Like, yeah, she's gonna have to feel that loss and realize that I did this and that I need to be more collaborative and part of a team. So I think that's gonna have to depend on Emily's growth, unfortunately. But yeah. But I do think that Julian is gonna stand up for himself and then eventually say like, "Well, I was happier here. I would rather be." here i just want to be respected while i'm here very true is mindy really heading to eurovision i don't know what that is what is eurovision it's basically okay it's a song contest so it's like american idol but for like all of europe okay so yeah it's a it's a really big deal okay so it's kind of like chinese pop star but for yes Yes. Which could be triggering for her. I would just love to see Mindy get deported because I really don't think she has proven that she's it has, legally allowed to be in France. Well, it has helped launch the careers of ABBA, Celine Dion, and Olivia Newton-John. Oh, well. So it is that type of stepping stone. Sure. The reve- So the actress, Ashley Park, who plays Mindy, was surprised at that reveal and basically hopes that that will be incorporated in season four. I don't. I'm so done with that. And then will we finally leave France behind? It's not Emily in Paris if she's not in Paris. The third season finds Emily, Gabrielle, and Alfie traveling to Provence in the beautiful French countryside. Yeah. Oh, so they mean Paris. That's a typo. Oh, yeah, because... (laughs) <laughs> we're not leaving france behind no just paris maybe there's really i can't see the show leaving france but then the showrunner says we could go anywhere we could travel we could take her to italy i'd love to go to italy with emily sylvie speaks italian remember so we could go to rome i can see them temporarily going to these places but the show's not gonna move meanwhile samuel arnold who plays julian wants to take him stateside Oh, to, to challenge Chicago? the Americans. Gilbert Group? Ooh. Oh, here, here's the question at hand. Will Kim Cattrall make an appearance? <laughs> yes, we have been wondering. Kim Cattrall got tongues wagging when she made a splashy appearance at the Emily in Paris season three premiere on December 6th. And we couldn't help but wonder, is there a guest star role in season four ahead? It was so wonderful to hear her speak about the show. It's such a, And she's such a big supporter. And we're so grateful for that. We've been asked that question. We're like, Darren, does anyone know anything? We don't know. Darren, of course, is Emily in Paris creator who also created Sex and the City. Mm-hmm. says it's all about finding the right role because she doesn't want to come on as kim okay she doesn't want to come on as samantha right we got to find something special and worthy of her oh when will it premiere oh no the first season premiered in october of 2020 second in december of 2021 and third of december 2022 they're predicting late 2023 oh. so we're gonna get a whole year again Unless, again, unless they well, surprise us. Well, a whole us. year, but, like, it is 2023 already, so it's less than a year. Well, if we go December to December, it's a year. Well, I mean, that's plenty of time, I guess, to forget why I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> we hate it, but we watch it. We do. That's the whole premise of our show. Yes. And, yeah, I can't believe it's done. I am relieved. I'm we did that so fast. Let's, yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. As you all know, you know where to find us on all of our socials. Um, I randomly thought of this idea of doing a um, pod pick of the week. Okay. Where I pick one of our awesome indie podcasters that okay. we follow on and uh, give them a little shout out. So I'd like to shout out 24 Minutes of A24. 
A24 films, of course, including Hereditary, Midsummer, all, all my all yes. my favorites. Yeah. They have a great show, Ben and Ethan. They cover the whole library, of course, in 24 minutes, which I think I was going to very... say, is that where the time comes from? Um, okay. And really makes you want to watch the movies if you haven't or if you have it makes you want to rewatch them it is a really good show so check them out on instagram at 24 minutes of a 24 and you can find all their info there do we have a movie for next week i mean i'm sure we do i just don't know what it is <laughs> make sure to check out you know instagram and twitter it's and our website a big surprise <laughs> and uh, we'll have it there for you um, so you could possibly watch it before our episode comes out. So until next time. That's Endgame. <laughs> no, that's my Avengers line. Endgame. No. Avengers Endgame.